All right. All right. Hello, everybody. It's me, Lamprey Milt, Miktel Chats, episode I can't remember the episode number. Tonight, we have a very special guest. It is Casual Bachelor. Casual Bachelor has a great, great YouTube channel. Uh, I love him for his basic uh, roasting on uh, women's contradictions. Uh, he drops a lot of good red pill knowledge for all the guys in the manosphere. Casual Bachelor, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Well, I, I want to start by asking you, uh, because I, I've, I've seen some of your videos. I check in once in a blue moon. I'll watch a video, maybe one a week of yours. How did you get into MGTOW? Where did you come up with uh, this whole Manosphere idea? And uh, give us a little bit of your history. Well, I think uh, Tom Lycus was probably how I got into it, I guess, is, you know, I started watching, well, whoever was uploading the Tom Lycus content on YouTube. So you end up watching through all of those. And then, you know, then you start potentially you know, going into the Sandmans and the and some of the other channels, but as far as like a like an introduction, it would probably be like the I, th I think it was called on his show Lycus One Hundred and One. Mm -hmm. He would do it maybe once a week on his show, and it was basically, you know, a version of MGTOW before that was even a thing. Basically, it was you know, don't spend more than twenty dollars on a date. It was it was very uh, male, you know male friendly let's say well tom Likas happens to come from my neck of the woods he's from uh, long island new york he he was he's been around for about 25 years or so i remember mentioning him to my father and he was saying that you know, a lot of his co-workers were all into tom Likas, and he's really good he, he talks a lot about poindexter's revenge where if guys in their 20s study hard, work really hard, you know, open a Roth IRA, study the stock market, look for investments and things like that. Eventually, when you're in your 40s and 50s, you'll be the guy that a lot of um, young women will start chasing. So he 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 came up with a very uh, uh, pragmatic approach for young guys on how to squirrel away money and try to not uh, focus so much on women when you're young and try to stay focused and look long-term towards things. And I really admire that about him. He he also brings up the fact that, you know, the marriage in the West is essentially dead. And obviously, well, if well, you're... Well, he used it, to not it, say very nice things about American woman, right? He used to say that. I don't know if it was after a second or third marriage where he goes, I'm not dating a American woman. I think he dated women from i mean they might have lived in america but i think he was dating women from argentina uh korea you know he was basically dating anyone that that wasn't sort of that typical western feminized um american thought. woman a thought <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of women are, are definitely a boilerplate today in in america so that's cool so you gotta uh, you learned a little bit about tom Likas and what was kind of your inspiration that you wanted to start making uh content instead of just listening to content <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird because um it was basically because one of my video games was delayed for like a week and i sort of had a week week um time on my hands and i did a couple of sort of response videos and then it kind of just sort of spiraled from there but i mean initially i was never planning on creating any kind of content i, I enjoyed just you know doing my own thing watching the content maybe being a bit more active in the comment section and things like that but basically it was that downtime 
between like a game should have came on a, on a day <laughs> and it took a, a week and then I basically I think I made maybe two videos over that time and then mm. and then yeah I ended up making a few more videos but no it wasn't anything necessarily planned I, I, I suppose maybe I looked at some content and I thought this is kind of crappy for for MGTOW and I decided to but it's not not like my content's like super whatever but in comparison to other content I had seen, I was thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll just give a different perspective, you know, a different um, point of I view. Because cause, cause, cause I, you say uh, roasting, but I don't know. I, I, I tried to, I guess, roast the argument rather than the, the person or the, the picture. You know, some people like to say, oh, look at her neck and all this other stuff. And it's fair enough if that's what you want to do. But I don't know if YouTube likes that or not, but I, I, I tried to basically roast their bad argument or their bad points that they brought up what, what were some that st- uh, stood out to you that really like uh, bothered you what do you mean by that? like I mean, there's a is there a specific specific video or um female youtuber that you took uh took a liking to liking to like as far as what she was stating because i i'm sure you're aware of um the popular podcast uh call her daddy and there's a lot of young women in America that seem to listen to this. Just this one podcast of these group, groups of gaggling twats that just go on and on and on about how evil men are and how all men are the same, same, et cetera, et cetera. Is there one in particular uh, video that stands out that you're like, wow, these women have no idea what they're talking about? Um, no, nah, not, not really. I suppose initially I used to try to um, – like go against people that were talking crap on on MGTOW and then eventually once I this channel built up I started to to go into you know some other topics even though I still do some MGTOW topics as well but mm-hmm. just started to branch out into the where all the good men and you know people are being cheap and whatever and <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know but it, there's just a lot of content obviously to to work with i mean no one's forcing these ladies to to obviously make the video and then put it up on 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 youtube and and keep it on there as well by the way so you know it's all fair game in my opinion it's not like um well you're not you're not reinventing the wheel but i i think your approach to these things is is funny Uh, a lot of a lot of guys in the manosphere seem to like be obsessed with the uh with the black pill where everything is shit and, you know, obviously you talk about the 80-20 rule. You see the rise of incel where they seem to be more obsessed with the the look maxing where guys have to basically. Well, that is <laughs> totally what they're obsessed with is the look maxing. But I actually feel, even though I like parts of the Blackpool, I feel like the Blackpool is now being infiltrated by some of these incels. I don't know if the incels got kind of booted out of, of MGTOW. They used to be a... A thing going around back in the day that you know MGTOW was getting infiltrated by incels, but I think now it seems like the black pill's being infiltrated by the incels. But I totally I always, agree with you. I totally agree with you 100% on that. But like, as as far as the black pill goes, I always viewed the black pill as there's a good side and a bad side to the black pill. Whereas like you know the the harsh truths, the the truths that people don't want to talk about, that's good. But then the whole like looks maxing and everything else is like, well, that's kind of fine, but 
what is I, I don't really get the message that's trying to send like we're telling men that they need to have like chin surgery and <laughs> nose surgery and stuff is what what's going on man a- ass implants and peck implants i mean no one in the black pool is going to talk about just creating a like a likable personality creating a comedic personality you know there's plenty of ugly guys that are are funny and jolly and likable that can get some chicks you know obviously they might need some resources as well but they don't really talk about the funny pool you know like actually just being a you know a likable funny person yeah i 100 percent agree with you uh despite the ongoing social upheaval especially with social media things like instagram and snapchat and tinder and what have you uh women definitely like to be entertained uh and uh, you know and i a lot of it also has to do with i think the amount of attention they require where you've got to act like somewhat of a court gesture for them where you got to constantly keep them uh you know stimulated one way or another you know i i love making women laugh and even when i use uh dating apps i'll always say something kind of like off the cuff you know funny and really gets their minds going and like, well, well, what does that mean? What, what do you mean yeah. by that? And, you know, and women tend to tend to respond uh, positively when you kind of throw them these curveballs and say, instead of saying, oh, baby, you look so good. You're so hot, you know, and pick up, you know, try to pick them up with some corny uh, uh, pickup because line. Because you have to think too, how many people play that same thing? So at least if you're being, or trying to be funny, whatever, there's a, there's a, there's a decent chance that it's going to be more original than half of the other crap that's in our own box, right? Because mm-hmm. most likely you're not going to potentially tell the same joke as someone else. I mean, you could, but I mean, everyone's going to say, hey, how are you doing? And all the, you know, the sort of generic stuff. Right. Well, I think with uh, social media, which is something that a lot of these, um, <clears throat> many, a lot of the guys in MGTOW and the Manosphere discuss is uh, the the ongoing issues with social media. There's there's no doubt about it. But you you see that uh, I think a lot of young women are also kind of rudderless and they're not too sure what exactly they what it is they want. And they're not, especially with Western women, white women, they're also much more coy. Uh, they're a little bit more. They tend to be much more ambiguous on what it is they want and such. And I think being more assertive, they tend to uh, respond better in that regards. Instead of you just kind of basically being rudderless with them, they don't tend to like that. And that's where they tend to start ghosting you or don't really have any um, uh, much expectations on actually meeting you. So I don't know what it's like over by you uh, being in New Zealand. I've met some women from Australia and some women from uh, your country. And uh, there is... uh, um, cultural differences there's no doubt about it even though we both speak english um me coming from the east coast you coming from the south pacific what do you see as far as uh women in your neck of the woods do you see the same type of problems that you see in the united states uh with, well with, uh, let's put it this way both new zealand and australia uh, both new zealand and america have an obesity problem <laughs> that's just that's the facts and i don't know what it's almost like they really don't care about men because they're putting the product out on the table and they're saying, this is what you deserve. You deserve um, five foot four, 170 pounds on average. I mean, obviously that <laughs> some bigger ones than that. Right. Tw- that right 25 now. years old, 25 years old and she's already obese. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, before they- you've even popped a baby in them, you know? 
Right, and the, and uh, this is what you get. You get a you know a sloppy heifer, and this is uh, and you have to uh, do uh, mental gymnastics and and uh, drive a Porsche. And that and, and this heifer's probably had some half decent CC as well. So now you're competing with some uh, Chad that was bored one night that um you know blew her back out. So mm-hmm. you've got to throw that into the mix as well. It's not you know they've people that necessarily before social media would not have had that opportunity and now getting the uh the tuesday wednesday night booty calls sort of thing yeah 100 percent uh i've recently relocated to um to another state and uh women in new york uh are put themselves together quite well they're they're very attractive they they care about their appearance they they um they wear uh good makeup they um dress quite well and now living in a more uh let's say uh not as you know not as uh affluent as new york uh, i see way more obese women that are again 24 25 26 no kids and way more than me and just the general nastiness of them i'm like yeah. uh, excuse me you're you're way about 30 pounds more than me what are you bringing to the table besides your nasty attitude and I think a lot of that stems from both feminism, but also that they're trying to compete with you on some level. So when I'm trying to get to know the other, they're already trying to be quite defensive, like, you know, what it is you want? What do you want? Or or they're trying to challenge you on some type of level uh, where, you know, they basically being a bitch is being equal to a man, which is not the case. That's my general uh, uh, my overview uh, when it comes to meeting uh, women these days. Yeah. Um, yes, that's tough. <laughs> stuff like you see where I'm coming from. It's it's like instead of being an equal, they're they're also trying to compete with you, or they try to drag you into a political debate. And I always tell young uh, young women or women that are my age, I go. I go, hey, look, you know, two things in my life my parents taught me not to discuss with strangers. One is religion. The other is politics. I don't really feel comfortable talking about politics to someone I just met, let alone someone I'm trying to sleep with. So if you're already trying to drag me into a political debate, we're already on the wrong footing. And I think a lot of things in Western countries is the over-politicization of everything, the car you drive, where you live your race, your job, uh, your uh, marital status, et cetera, et cetera. So no matter what type of conversation you're trying to gear it towards or, or you're trying to you know, have some type of dialogue, it becomes political one way or another. I don't know if that's the same where you live, but that's something that I've taken away at least the past uh, couple of years. Well, uh, politics is, is the new religion now. Yeah, that, that's just what it is. I mean, people like to talk crap about religion, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But end of the day, humans are ideological creatures. So just because we've, you know, removed religion doesn't mean that we're that's it. It means it gets replaced by something else. It gets replaced by science. You know, people throw around the term, "Don't you believe in science?" And oh, are you a climate change denier? It's, are it's, you an anti-masker? Yeah, it's it's gone completely 360 because once upon a time, religious people used to say, oh, do you deny, are you a God denier? 
Now it's, now it's flipped around to, are you a, you know, a science denier? Are you a politics denier or something? Are you a COVID denier? Yeah, you know. Well, the magic term that they throw around, oh, you're just one of those conspiracy theorists. Well, when the information's so vague, then unfortunately you're going to create people that are going to fill in the gaps. And you can call them whatever you want, but the reason they're filling in the gaps is because there are gaps, you know. I mean, it took, what did it take? It took Trump to release the JFK files. I mean, mm-hmm. people, that not that where the, the term conspiracy theory came from, was JFK? That's correct. Yes, that's correct, so, 100%. I mean, you can't tell me that, that there wasn't holes in that. I mean, how many different, uh, <laughs> there's, there's hypothetically like seven different shooters on JFK, so I, I don't even know. Well, I'm glad to see you know um, quite a bit about American politics. Good on you, man. I just, just a little bit. But as, as far as that um, that politics and religion thing, you know, I'm, I'm from uh, England originally, and that, that used to be in pubs in England. Mm-hmm. was, And it would be a sign on the pub. It would say, no politics, no religion. Because those two are contentious topics. And if you're in a, a bar setting, you don't come to a bar for contention. You come to the, to the bar to have a beer, throw some darts, maybe watch, watch um, some stock cars or watch whatever sports is on. To be casual. So, yeah. So yeah. those two topics are indeed contentious topics, politics and religion. It wasn't like that growing up. Uh, now even my little brother, he's 10 years old, and he's talking about you know Trump this and uh, mm-hmm. LGBT that. I go, man, you're yep. 10 years old. <laughs> like, I, I was playing Pokemon cards and playing a PlayStation 1. You know, it's like I don't, well, I don't really want You just have to think about little... who are these teachers teaching it. Right. It's like so weird having my little brother talk about these things that uh, when I, I didn't even give a shit about politics till, nah. you know, uh, I didn't I didn't care about ago. politics all of high school. Me too. 100 percent. All yeah. of high school. I was too busy playing sports, obviously trying to pass my classes, playing Pokemon because, you know, Pokemon was on Game Boy when I was in high school. I mean, I was playing Pokemon Red and my friend was playing Pokemon Blue and we'd trade stuff like that. We were the the two weirdos in the library playing Pokemon, yet both of us were on the sports teams and stuff anyway. But, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't worried about politics. And even in high school, it's, it's crazy when you talk about 10-year-olds because it shows that these teachers are, are, are being political in primary I don't know what, if they're called elementary schools in America, but, you know, we've got primary school, then intermediate school, then high school. Yep. So they're getting political even before high school now, whereas we didn't even get political in high school. So... Nor, nor did our te- nor did any of my teachers. I don't know about you. Ever really discuss politics? It was kind of a taboo topic. Well, they just we were too busy doing you know maths, English, and science and stuff. Oh, we were we were learning. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> we were too busy trying to you know pass the exa- you know pass the test. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just strange uh, the times that we're living in. Now going back to the whole. Or women aspect of things are they in the thrall of it all do you see them also being uh, obsessed with the uh, social media as they are in uh, in the united states perhaps it's even worse where you're from um well it's probably similar i mean i don't know too detailed about how bad it is in high school you know because when i was in high school i think we had maybe uh msn messenger you know yeah, we had obviously... aim, aim, aim Messenger. Yep. So we're about the same age. Yep. That's what we had too. So yeah, like people were still setting up whatever, but now you've got 
you know, Snapchat, you know, messages that can be deletable. So now you've got who knows what's going on nowadays, man, jeepers. Well, now you got the TikTok is the, is the latest. And I, I find TikTok to be quite, uh, uh, there's, there's something type of uh, nefarious agenda uh, surrounding the whole TikTok thing because it's, it tends to reward uh, people's attention deficits. So you put out, put out like a five, 10 second video and you do that over and over and over again. And, you know, you watch it repetitively over and over and over again. Whereas as if you're putting like a 10, 15 minute video out, people just don't have the attention span anymore to to watch a, uh, something that's considered long. And yeah. I, I find TikTok to be quite strange because it kind of coincides with Snapchat and I find that TikTok is some type of grooming tool where from they go from, you know, TikTok to like a Snapchat premium uh, from yeah. there. They, then it's like to OnlyFans. <laughs> so I see like young, young people, young women using these things as a form of, uh, of uh, to fulfill their attention deficits, let us say. Yeah. And, and they use all the different things to link, link up to other services. I mean, you'll see. I mean, a lot of them will use Tinder to get Instagram followers and, right. you know, don't, don't just match it with me. If I don't respond to you, follow me on Instagram. And yeah, from there, yeah. she's garnishing more attention and the more followers she, she has, the better she is than her friends. And, oh, if I, if, if she put out a, a scandalous a clip of herself on a beach in a bikini, <laughs> uh, looking hot in a thong. Well, now I have to up the ante, and now I have to get shitted on in Dubai or something like crazy like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you throw—it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, I've—I I know some people here from New Zealand that have flown out to Dubai, and you can only imagine what kind of stuff that they're doing when they're getting flown out, right? Well, we we've covered that extensively on um, Mixtel chats about these young women again uh in the thrall of it all where they're going to do selfies in dubai going to places like santorini greece which is the as i like to call it the hajj the white girl wailing wall let us say that they all just for whatever reason they just want to be seen in santorini well how is yeah. how exactly are you getting to santorini is it your father paying for you are you working who exactly is flying you out to these locations? And that kind of opens a Pandora's box and you start learning more and more about these things. I, I was recently talking to one uh, Chinese immigrant. She's sending me photos of herself 10 years ago in Dubai. I'm like, how the hell did you get in Dubai? And well, lo and behold, some guy with a yacht, some oil tycoon <laughs> yeah. invited There's her on a yacht. There's always a yacht, right? There's always a yacht. <laughs> Avocado toast and champagne and brunches on a yacht, yeah. 100%, you know? And then, yeah. then they hit 30 and they say, we're all the good men. And they just think we're all idiots that we're, that we're going to just take some used up, uh, used up car and, and think that it's brand new. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's got, it's got 200,000 kilometers on it. The transmission's yeah. slipping. The leather seats are all beat up. Cam you know, needs to be replaced. Yeah. yeah he's <laughs> got a check engine light on. And she's like, well, here I am. And what what's the price tag on this? Ten thousand dollars new. But in their mind, they think that you're you're lucky to finally have such a well, because she still thinks that she's as hot as she was ten years ago. Mm -hmm. See, they don't grow out of that. They think that they're still they're still a ten at thirty, and even if they are super attractive, there's no such thing as a ten at thirty. Even Jessica Alba, when she turned thirty, wasn't a ten. She was obviously a, a well to me anyway. Everyone's got different tastes, but she was a ten. 
during her like into the blue Sin City days, mm-hmm. you know, when she was in her prime. But I don't care who you are. Once you cross that 30 line, I mean, you can be a nine, you can be a 9.5, but you, you're not a 10 anymore. Well, well, not as far as marriage is concerned anyway, not as far as like long-term commitment is concerned. Well, you, you, the whole point of wearing a white wedding gown was to, uh, it was a symbol of her, her virginity, her being, yeah. her being chaste. Now at 30, she's been ran through by a bunch of chads, uh, the bass player to some fucking garage band, the bartender, the, the, the oil the tycoon, yeah, the bouncer, right? You know, she's giving blowjobs to get in, get in so she didn't have to pay the cover charge. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, here she comes at 30, 31, 32. Well, here I am. I'm here to settle down. Like, you know, and, and then also and, when... And, when and- yeah, and like people on. don't don't understand the wear and tear too because I had my uh, my dad do um, genealogy work and some chick was had her first kid at like thirty six. This is back in the day, mm. and then she had another six children. Now I don't know if that same thing could happen for today's thirty six year old because I'm assuming that she was probably relatively uh, like a clean vehicle, right? She probably wasn't riding around the CC and doing drinking and drugs and everything else so there's a reason why they're having to do all these sort of special uh what is it twenty thousand dollar ivs and stuff to have kids because their body is getting demolished with all this partying and cc riding right well they waste all their energy on drinking and partying when their energy should be geared towards more raising children or taking care of the community and things like that instead she's wasting her energy and her fertility on well, she's the night basically, scene. she's basically destroying her body. Like, really, she's just destroying her body. And you know what's so crazy? You know, even now that we're kind of still in lockdown mode, wearing the mask and what have you, um, it, I, from what I can tell is that it really has not affected young women as much as I anticipated. So, like, if I go out, I still see young women out and about uh, carrying on their usual routine of partying and drinking and things like that, even while there's curfews, even when there's, you know, certain capacity limits for restaurants and bars, it, it doesn't seem to really affect them. And it, a lot of young men, such as ourselves, see this, and we're more cognitively aware of the long term there where young women, especially Western women, are more living in the constant present. They don't seem yeah. to look forward to say, hey, where are you going to be when you're 40, 45, 50? <laughs> are you just going to have a bunch of dogs and be a hermit and you know, <laughs> be that wine cooler aunt? So it seems a bit strange that no one's really uh, rearing in young women's hypergamy to explain to them, hey, look, uh, are you planning for the future? What is your long-term expectations? And guys, we have the ability to reproduce at any age. And we'll get into like where our mindsets are. We're in our 30s and 40s where we could become a little bit more – we're more cognitively aware on who we are and what it is we want. We're, and the same goes for women that, look, I want this, this, and this, and I'm not going to bend to another guy's uh, you know, edicts or what it is that he wants. So I see that young women tend to, again – think that they're still hot shit and they can still get what it is they want even into their uh, latter years well there's only one well there's only one guy that i've sort of seen that's tried to rein in the hypergamy and he gets a lot of flack for it is um kevin samuels when he has these calls with these chicks and says well 
you know, what are you going to bring to the high value man? Like he's actually saying, these guys have options. You've got to entice them. And they, they find out quite quickly that, man, maybe uh, I wasted 12 years of my life if I really wanted this this high value guy. But I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's hard to try and rein in hypergamy. You start going down those topics and start going down those topics um, hardcore, you'll get you know, shadow banned or deplatformed or whatever, get called for hate speech. So, yeah, you, you you catch flack when you're over the target. You're gonna catch flack like a fucking World War Two bomber. Yeah, <laughs> and that is one thing you do, man. You're like a B twenty nine over fucking Germany in 1945. You just that's one cool thing about your channel that I really uh, I really dig a lot. Is like you just go right over the target and just start carpet bombing the shit out of them. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully I do it in a way that uh, YouTube doesn't. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I try not to put down their physical appearance, even though, like, I, you know, people in the comments, they say whatever they want. <laughs> people will try to say it's, it's my responsibility. You know, how is it my responsibility? If, if I was really honest about my channel, I've only got, um, out of all my viewership, I've only got 22% of them are my subs. So I've potentially got seventy to you know seventy to eighty percent that aren't sub to me. How am I supposed to control them? They're not even wanting to sub to me. You know, like anyone can watch content and then comment. Anyone, like like the enemy could watch your content and comment. So unless a content provider's commenting and you know saying some random crap, you don't know where it's coming from. This is, this is the internet, right? Everyone's all anonymous to, to some degree yeah yeah 100 percent uh i wanted to uh get into uh the video that really kind of got me listening to you a little bit more and wanted me to reach out to you one of the reasons why we're having this chat you did a you did one uh where this uh i, I guess this filipino chick americanized filipino chick was talking about guys going to the philippines to try to find this trad wife uh, can you uh, go into that a little bit? Um, well, I mean, for starters, Philippines is very Catholic-based. So you, hypothetically, you could find yourself, you know, a virgin wife, but um, there's well, a lot not, of single mothers over speak, there too. She's, huh? she's not going to be speaking English if she's, uh, you know, 19 years old, living in the rural parts of the Philippines, to, uh, well, providing for her family. Because their families in, in, in the uh, rural parts, yeah, probably not. If if you're in the main cities, though, a lot of them are can be reasonable in English. You know, you might meet them in college and stuff as well. Pretty much, if they go to college, they're going to be speaking English. Well, my experience with Southeast Asian women is, if they're speaking English, they're usually whores. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, 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 that's what you hear too. Is that? These these uh, women that are talking to, to men online, you know, the ones that can speak English and stuff, a lot of them have boyfriends, like Filipino boyfriends or whatever, Cambodian boyfriends, whatever country it is. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of playing both sides of the field. They're still playing the uh, national game. And now with the internet, they're able to play the international game. And they do it simultaneously. Yeah, uh, from from my experience with women of Southeast Asia, you may be banging this one chick, but she has a, a Filipino or Cambodian boyfriend in the background. And one way or another, the Western guy's money is going to that guy also. In a sense, he's uh, you know living off of the Western guy uh, via proxy. 
I've seen yep. that quite often. I was flirting with this this older woman, and we kept uh, it. We're flirting back and forth, and it was ongoing for a couple months, and we exchanged phone numbers. And I was like, "Oh, I, I want to meet up with you." And she goes, "Oh, how much money you give me?" And I, I said a certain <laughs> number, and then I hear the guy in the background. He goes, "No, fifty, fifty dollars." I go, "Wait a second, that's your husband in the background." She's like, "No, it's not. It's not my boy. It's not my husband." And I go, yeah. "Bullshit! It is so." your husband in the background stop lying to me you know it's uh <laughs> i definitely experienced that one way or another and you know I, I social media didn't really take off when i was living in in southeast asia it was kind of in its uh, fetus stage let us say but yeah. my uh my uh my girlfriend at the time she had a bunch of guys from all over the globe just messaging her and I'm like, how did you? How did these guys even come across your your page? And she she didn't really know, but they would just start blowing her up through her uh, direct messages, like you know, you're so beautiful, this, that, and the other. And she would send photos was this on like um, Facebook or Instagram. Was it on Facebook. one of those? It was Facebook. Yeah. And these guys have no idea what this woman's life is really, truly, really, truly about. Like, how do? Are, are these guys that desperate? Is the situation for um, the dating inequality in like Mexico? I know one guy was from Mexico, another guy was from Israel, another guy was from Iraq. Are the situ are the situations that bad in those nations that these guys have to go about messaging a woman halfway around the globe? And from what I can tell, it most certainly is the case because what social media has done is it's give given women the access to every man on the planet. I mean, yeah. that's it. You know, in the in the past, uh, if you lived in any part of a, of a country, you, you were regulated by proximity. You didn't have the ability to really message someone that lived in a, in a foreign land or 10 times, you know, X amount of time zones away from you. I mean, I mean, even yeah, even to some degree, you didn't even have much way of communicating with people from other cities that are two hours yeah. away sort of thing, even within your own country. Yeah, I, I was a, a girl that was cutting my hair for a long time, a best friend's uh, sister, uh, got out of a 10-year relationship, uh, and she never really used Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or anything of the, or anything like that. And the, her first move was to use these social uh, media dating apps. And I told her, hey, look, that's probably not the best way of doing things uh, after getting out of a 10-year relationship because she would be somewhat of a greenhorn uh, where she's kind of uh, obviously uh, a little bit more, um, how do we say, uh, uh, not guilty, but the hell's a word? I'm, I'm losing the word. More, uh, uh, son of a bitch. She's more green. She doesn't really know what, what it is she wants. Like a she, rookie. She's a rookie, <laughs> right. So she, her, her move was to just jump right onto, onto Tinder. Sure enough, she starts dating a guy that's two hours away by car. And I was like, well, where is this going to lead? Like, what's going to happen? You can't really have a relationship with a guy that's t uh, two hours away by car. And sure enough, that guy was just playing the scene. He was just playing girls. Uh, you know, he was obviously of a, a high status male. And she naturally got burned. And lo and behold, uh, you know, fast forwarding, she became a little bit more of a bitch. And she started just painting a, pro a broad brush on all guys are like this. And that's kind of what I've seen with women's uh, – that's the word, innocence. She was much more innocent 
And yeah. when women start using these social uh, media dating apps, uh, they tend to lose their innocence one way or another, and they see what other women are doing on social media, so therefore they have to do those things. Well, if they're looking for like a proper relationship, they shouldn't be on those apps. Those apps, they're, they're hookup apps, mm-hmm. especially now. Maybe once upon a time, you might have been able to find a, a date, but now they are just straight up hookup apps. I mean, well, I don't see them as anything other than that. Well, 20 years ago, I remember my eldest cousin, she couldn't really uh, find a suitable partner to um, to marry and have children with. So she started using um, eHarmony or Match.com. I forgot which one it was, but it was it was quite some time ago. We were, we were still using flip phones, and the internet was kind of still um, getting its legs from underneath it. And when she brought uh, her future husband to a Christmas dinner, me, my brother, my uncles, even her sister were kind of like snickering and laughing like you had to use a, a – a dating website to find someone like what a loser you must be <laughs> and now it seems to be and now it's like kind of the it's the um it's the it's entry the level yeah it's well because i don't know if, if if that pushed it um more towards the dating app all the um the sort of me too stuff i think the dating apps became like safer for guys to approach because you know people were getting you know if they're not Chad and they're approaching, they get called creepy or whatever, right? So yes, I don't know if that that made the dating apps more enticing or not, or if people were just a bit lazier and you know not going well, out. People, as much. Guys are just afraid. People are afraid of each other. Yeah, it's kind of a, I call I call it the avoid approach repetition. That's kind of my way uh, of describing it where, you know, you approach a woman, she gets scared and she, you know, takes uh, it's a uh, two steps forward, three steps back. You know, you keep going and chasing and, you know, she'll yeah. approach you and then run away like kind of like, like a fucking deer. Well, see, I know exactly the whole cat and mouse game. And when I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, it just got a bit old. You know, the older I got, it was like, I, I'm not, I don't like playing this sort of dumb game over and over again. Yeah, but... what do you want? Can we just hang out and get together? And, yeah, well, but, I then, don't know. but then it takes away all the surprise for them. See, they, they want it. it. It needs to be mysterious. And that's right. why you have to play these games. There is no such thing as a guy's, a guy's dream version is just, you know, come home and everything's chill and every, that's, that's, they don't like that. They like a little bit of chaos, you know, unfortunately. Well, that's why they chase the bad boy. Well, I think I did a video on this saying that the reason why they go for the bad boy is because they can hold him accountable. If they, if they go for a guy that's got his, his shit together, they're going to be potentially held accountable now. Mm-hmm. With the bad boy, they get to play misaccountability. Oh, you know, make sure you fill up the car. Make sure you pick me up from work. You know, all this sort of stuff. Well, it's so, not only that, but all the other reason why they, they tend to uh, date bad boys, it's a way to um, basically they get to not be held responsible. They can just point at him and say, look yeah. what he's doing. He's abusive. He's out doing drugs. He's out late at night. Yeah. He got arrested again, so on and so forth. And it's like, well, what do I do? And it's kind of this damsel in distress. Like, I love him so much. I just, I yeah, want to take care of him. That's myself. always the main thing is because someone will say like, well, well, why don't you leave? And then that's the cliche, isn't it? <laughs> because I love him. Because <laughs> I love him. 
Right, and it's it's at the end of the day, it's women that control the sex game. So if you continue to keep dating this guy, obviously you're the one that's doing something wrong. And as soon as you flip in on them saying, well, obviously you are who you sleep with. If that's who you sleep with, what does that say about you as a person? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can just say, well, you're, you chose them. You know, no one forced you to uh, swipe right on Chad and to go over to his house. You know, you, you literally picked them out. <laughs> so... But, you know, accountability is, is, is their kryptonite and they'll find ways of just shifting the goalposts. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of boil a lot of things down to just the sexual immaturity of not just women, but men also. I think a lot of guys, um, I don't really believe in this whole thing like guys watch pornography and that's what they expect women to do and things like that. I, no. I, I don't, no, I that's, think that's, that's a bit of a cop that's out. BS. Yeah, yeah, it's 100%. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And again, it's women talk about sex, but they don't actually engage uh, in sex. So you see, like, obviously the hypersexualization on on um, mass media, on television, especially in music. And uh, you see uh, certain people being promoted on Instagram. Um, but yeah, OK, it's a sexy image. She's really hot and everything. But is she actually sleeping with anyone? Or is she just more or less just getting off to the attention that all these betas seem to be throwing at her and probably For she sure. goes out at night and, she, you know, she'll go out Friday, Saturday night and go get uh, go out with some guy that she perceives as uh, as being a Chad. Yeah, like the attention, 100 percent. They they love that. And, and I don't know if people bring this up enough is that, you know, they, they like to shame men for dolls and toys and stuff. But let's really be honest, who has a drawer full of toys, you know, and who's had them for years. I know some people that have spent thousands, thousands of dollars getting stuff shipped to their house. I can't relate. I've, I've not spent any money on any, any of that stuff. <laughs> You're so, spending just $5, $5 on a, on a, on a thing of Vaseline and fucking, uh, <laughs> and some fucking hand lotion. That's as far as it goes. You for know, you. Like in the sense of they're able to get their itch scratched online and then they scratch their own. They're potentially able to scratch their own itch with all the uh, toys at their disposal. At, at their disposal. So, and, and then you throw in the the hypothetical Chad too that they can potentially snag on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And you know why why would they want to get married? See, they only start thinking about this once the options dry up. Right. You know, once they get to that late twenties, early thirties. You know, let's say between the ages of twenty seven to thirty two, somewhere in that time frame they sort of they figure it out but then they realize that the guys that were interested in them are going after the girl that was her age five ten years ago so right and that puts pressure on the on the uh the younger demographics because this is something that a lot of MGTOW guys don't discuss is that if no one's getting married people are divorced Right. What are what are these guys supposed to do? Well, they're chasing hot younger women and that hurts a younger guys chances of catching or dating or marrying someone that is within their own age bracket. So when you see marriage start to collapse, the institution of marriage collapse, you guys you have guys now 40 and 50 who already had children who have already been through um, a marriage, maybe more than one start chasing younger women and it doesn't give young men an opportunity to really get into the dating scene. 
Well, you want to throw in the the sugar stuff as well, right? That doesn't <laughs> help the young men either because now they've not got the resources to compete with a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. Like plain and simple. Do you think so, it? Do you think it's that prevalent? Do you see that being uh, as uh, prevalent as uh, many people uh, perceive it to be in the manosphere? What the the sugar yeah, daddy the, stuff? Yeah, the sugar daddy action. I think it's starting to to grow. Mm-hmm. I think it's starting because. A lot of things are just naturally becoming transactional, and then guys are just thinking, "Well, here we go. I may as well just, you know." Yeah, throw I mean, a couple hundred bucks and call it a day. I mean, what is it? Is it just Las Vegas with the 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 bunny ranch? Is that the only place that people can kind of go for? Yeah, it's Re- Reno, Nevada. Yes, correct. So it'll be interesting if they ever open that up to some other states. I'm potentially surprised that like California doesn't have it, but see, there's I, obviously I'm, a reason. I'm I'm, I'm under the I'm under the uh, assumption that it's deliberate that they will not legalize prostitution because they'd rather have men pent up and pissed off. There, there seems to be more of, of an objective to separate the sexes from actually having sex. But so that's there why was I'm a- thinking that the sugar daddy thing is going to potentially grow because that's like a kind of a, like a form of it, right? Well, there's a, there's, there's a buffer. The buffer is the websites. So let's take OnlyFans. I don't know what, how much money OnlyFans makes off these accounts, but the, obviously social media is becoming the pimp. Yeah. So that, that's, more, that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it is, is that guys are just paying for pictures and images or just paying to talk to another woman. So it, 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 says it, that, it says that OnlyFans take a 20% cut on its users' transactions. That, that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. Well, it says it goes, OnlyFans keeps a very healthy 20% of any payments that subscribers make. Well, there you go. And you see, uh, since COVID, uh, you see the rise of OnlyFans. <laughs> and again, I, I see I see this uh, the whole lockdown aspect of things being deliberate to, again, separate the sexes from actually meeting one another and engaging in insects that could lead to procreation or, or a marriage. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is once you commodify the relationship, it really boils things down to a very uh, primitive uh, uh, mindset. So instead of, you know, uh, developing a bond and, com- and uh, you know, companionship and and love, if you believe in love, but, but it, it seems to be a bit strange that you no longer really care about what the other person wants, uh, what their emotional well, needs that, are. That's the, that's the big point right there. No one gives a crap what men think i mean look at all the decades of um daytime television half the time they didn't even have a a guy on the panel and if they did have a guy on the panel he's just beta he's just you know just along for the ride so they never truly wanted to know what men want i mean men are quite simple they just want someone that's uh kind caring i say someone that's going to be a mother to their children thin and pleasant can you be thin and pleasant (laughs) yeah well you could Boil it down to thin and a good mother. That's what a guy looks for. Because he wants someone that's going to be a good mother to his children. So. But they've got no problem having. I mean, there was a, a, a segment on the Steve Harvey show where she had like four or five pillars of the. Um, the requirements. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a model. She's not a 10 out of 10. They almost put those requirements because then it it becomes an excuse as to why she's single rather than just she's single because she's single 
she's she's trying to say that she's single because she hasn't met someone that's that ticks off all these boxes and some of these boxes didn't even make sense they were like she wanted someone that was protective but not bigger than her and it's, <laughs> it, it was weird anyway just it, it's so strange you know i i uh I see a lot of uh, women, what their requirements are, just like what you were just describing, where they want uh, a guy who's a vegan, but also, yeah. also a masculine and is down with Black Lives Matter. Well, <laughs> you're not yeah. you're not getting all those things. <laughs> they're, they're, those men are called gay. <laughs> yeah. Those or, or, or those men are called liars. They're just going to say certain things and then and then ghosts on the way out. So. Yeah, they'll they'll meet them. They'll hit it with. They'll hit it and quit it and be done with it. You know, women deal with rejection on the back end. Women have uh, men have to deal with rejection on the front end. So the more and more men get rejected on the front end, they they kind of regress, play video games, smoke pot, work a meaningless nine to five job. Women put out. You know, they 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 bang some guy and then well, well where did he go? All in. Yeah. Then again, she becomes kind of a basically a bitch afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see a correlation with the amount of uh, men women sleep with and their level of bitchiness. Like the lower amount of men they slept with, the more kinder and, and gentler they tend to be versus, you know, this this uh, uh, <laughs> road hard and put away wet 35 year old. Well, especially in, you know, especially in New York. But the, the, the one thing I did notice over these past, like, say, well, I guess four years, but really over the past two years was. How many articles I saw coming out saying, if he's a Trump supporter, should I do this? Mm-hmm. I, I never saw that pre-Trump. I never saw this like, oh, this, oh, if he's a Democrat or Republican, they can't date. I'm, I'm sure Republicans and Democrats have been dating for for decades, you know. Because well, yeah, you, you weaponize the opposite sex. You, she's now politicized. You know, yeah. now you're dealing. You know, you're dealing with a social justice warrior for a date. Like, is that what a guy really wants? No. It's not. <laughs> no, right. Like, and it all. goes back. You're, 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 you're basically on your first or second date. It's already turning into a political argument instead of just, you know, meeting and hanging out and spending time and quality time with, with the other. Yeah. And you're 100 percent right about uh, if you're a Trump supporter, you know, swipe. Uh, uh, I think swipe left. I, I have seen that quite a bit. And well, it makes you really you wonder if you're a Bush support. I mean, like, I don't know if you've been on the dating apps that long, but I, I never I never saw that with other presidents. You know, they decided to really make it a sticking point now as if, you know, being a Republican and in twenty sixteen and onwards, well that's just the new, you know, Klansman or whatever. They've they've totally it's just ridiculous really how they've Well un, unfortunately we've allowed them to set the narrative and, and we've and we've not just said, you know what, your narrative's full of crap, throw it out the window. Well, we go our own way. We just say, you know, fuck it. I'm not i I'm not being a part of this uh this uh this clown world. I'm just going to stay home, play video games. I'll enjoy a few podcasts. I'll hang out with my friends, drink a few pints, watch football. And then women cry. Well, where are all the good guys? Well, we're staying home. We're not get. we're not engaging in, in any of these type of things. Women in Asia and women from Africa and to a lesser extent, South America, they're more assertive. They're like, if they like a guy they're they kind of put it out. They let the guy um, they let the guy know that they're interested. Where Western women, they have this kind of this odd way of expressing that they're interested. They'll like bump into you, or they'll hold the door open for you, or um, 
something trivial like that. And then they throw a hissy fit. Well, I practically threw myself at him and he didn't <laughs> acknowledge me. Well, you smiling or, 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 uh, you know, you know, leaving me a big tip at a restaurant is not really a good way of letting the other know that you're actually interested in them. Yeah. And then you throw in all the, the, the false allegations, all that other crap in the window, and guys are a little bit hesitant to make these these moves. I mean, and plus, some guys are just saying, I'm not, this isn't worth it. I mean, there's a reason why they're saying the juice, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. That's not an accident. That's, that's the truth. It's, am I wanting to work 60, 80 hours for someone that would have been a linebacker back in 1990? <laughs> I mean, it's just not a good deal. Well, uh, in Catholicism, especially with with Italian Americans, the if you were to get married, the bride's uh, family would have to fork over X amount of dollars to basically take my daughter away from me. Like, listen, yeah. if you if you marry my daughter, I'll buy you a house and I'll give you a stable job. Okay, that seems like a pretty fair deal. It, that's no longer the case with the with the the secularized West. Yeah. Well, I had a I had a friend. He he married. He was from New Zealand. He married someone from the uh, the Netherlands, Holland, and her parents came over over and tried to you know make sure the marriage went through. And once she got married to him, they then just moved back to Holland. It was almost like, all right, sweet, <laughs> she's married now. We can go go Here back. So leave. they even came over We're to done. make sure it went down. Yeah. Yeah, now with these uh, boomer parents, they're stuck with their their kids that are in their late twenties and thirties, and now they're wondering, well, why aren't you finding someone? Why aren't you married? You should go out and you know, you know, have sex. And I'm, you know, and young young guys are like, well, okay, can you introduce me to where these women are? Can you can you point me in the right direction? And uh, it seemed that a lot of the boomer generation seemed uh, uh, like kind of basically left the wheelhouse and was like, okay. You got to steer this ship now. Well, you didn't tell me how to steer the ship to begin with. <laughs> so, you know, I learned that when in my twenties, where when I when I graduated high school, I'm like, okay, well, where do I go from here? Aren't I supposed to have like a full time job and have a small flat to rent out and have a girlfriend? That wasn't that wasn't the case. That is what the boomer had when they first graduated high school. That things were relatively inexpensive. Houses were relatively inexpensive. Women, uh, sure, they weren't virgins. They maybe slept around a little bit, but at the end of the day, they knew that they had to get married way before they were 30. And they kind of also looked at education as something that was secondary. Like, well, let me get married first. Let me pop out a kid or two. And since we saved up a next, uh, a nice next uh, nest egg, okay, yeah. I can go out, take that money and, and uh, maybe get a second job and go to college or whatever. And, and the boomers kind of flipped that and said, well, you have to have all these things in place before you were to get married. And that's kind of where we're at now with a lot of people yeah. our age. Well, because they they don't want to grow together, do they? And, and, and the boomers should have said, you're supposed to grow together. You know, you're not, you can't have... The uh, you know the six figure job first and the house paid off first. I mean you you get a a smaller house and you you keep working and you keep growing and then maybe you get a bigger house and you know maybe once you've had your second or third kid and you've you're a bit more further in your career now you can now upgrade to the bigger house because you've got a bigger family. See, because there used to be something called a starter home, 
mm-hmm. you know like almost like this is your this isn't going to be your only home this is just going to be a starter to get you started mm-hmm. <laughs> see now they expect you to have the mansion you know now women don't really want to grow with a man they want to just the finished product right and if a guy's gonna just have a finished product lady guess what he's gonna go for the 20 year old he's not gonna go for the 35 year old why would he it, it <laughs> kind of re- it kind of reminds me like uh, there is a I, I don't know if you're familiar with cars at all but let's take a, a chevy you had a chevy uh gmc buick buick slash pontiac and then a cadillac usually you would start with the chevy when you're young then when you're in your late 30s, 40s, you'd upgrade to like a Buick. And then when you're in your 60s and 70s, you drove the Cadillac because you saved up a lot of money. You're, you're established. Yeah. And now you can go out and, and, you know, basically splurge on yourself. You don't start with the Cadillac and work your, work your way backwards. <laughs> no. And that's kind of what we've been taught. This like um, bling and, you know, show off all your stuff. It's, it's all it's, – it's just – it comes down to we're just way over materialistic, right? <laughs> yeah, and that goes right back to the, the goes back to the commodification of the relationship. A hundred percent, you know, it comes full circle in a lot of ways. It seems that the the objective of the powers that being the ruling class. We're not going to get too much into that in this chat, but it seems they want to turn the whole world into this uh, boutique shopping mall. Uh, growing up, shopping was kind of like high end shopping was regu- regulated to like places like London, New York City, and Paris. Yeah. But now you can get those things at like the Bangkok airport. <laughs> you know, you can, there's a there's a outlet store for Coach and Louis Vuitton in uh, a couple towns over from where, wherever it is you live in the West. So in a lot of ways, I see that um, uh, that it seems to be the um, going rate where we're kind of just mixing everybody. We're getting rid well, of the Well, intangible. I feel like it seems like they just want everyone to be renting and then on some kind of subscription, whether they're Netflix, Amazon. Like they just, they want this constant continual revenue because they really don't see you as a human as American, whatever country you're from, they see you as a battery and they can just replace you. Oh, if you don't want to play ball, well, we've got some batteries over in uh, the Middle East and Africa that'll come and they're not going to complain like you. So people are going to find out very quickly um, that they're not on your side, regardless of politics, regardless of left, right. These, these people are not your friends. (laughs) They're not, they do not have your best interests at heart. And people are going to find that out the hard way, unfortunately. What do you think is going to happen with uh, single people 20, 30 years down the line? Let's just say we keep going in this linear progression where it's this – I call it the subscription-based economy with the Taco Bell infrastructure. That's, the, yeah. that's kind of – again, where, again, you're renting everything uh, even with music today where it's now on a cloud or you're yeah. – well, you well, people just have Spotify or whatever, right? Spotify or YouTube music. So literally everything is going to be monthly subscription. I mean look at video games, Xbox Live, PlayStation Plus. You know, the only way to play online, you have to normally be in some kind of, uh, you know, subscription, right? Mm-hmm. But 20, 30 years from now, single people – I mean, if everyone's all renting and subscribing, they're not going to care. Like I, like I said, they don't view you as as a person. They view you as a commodity, a, battery, a commodity, you know, like a so surf. As long as you're producing and consuming, they 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 won't care. 
<laughs> as long as you just keep consuming stuff and you know rinse repeat. Yeah, well, I think for guys it's much easier to go um, long time spans without really um, getting laid. Guys tend to they become a little bit more neurotic and, and grouchy. I definitely noticed that with a lot of um, expatriates uh, that were, had moved abroad and that were in their fifties and such. But they they seem to get on much uh, well. They seem to be well more well adapted. To whatever is at hand, guys tend to be much better and um, well equipped with the whole minimalist lifestyle. With women, it doesn't seem it seemed to be the case. It, I, I did a chat with Paul Proteus. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was a very popular um, MGTOW content creator, and he he made a point when he came on our show that have you ever noticed that men's cars are getting smaller and women's cars are getting bigger? <laughs> and I was like, yo, a hundred percent, man. I never even thought of it like that. Now she's driving this monster SUV that's getting 40 feet to the leader. And you're yeah. basically riding around on this little Bodo. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well, guys, I've, 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 I've um, pretty much always had a smaller car. And as far as uh, fuel economy goes, it's been good. You know, like right. I spend less money on my car. I have less car problems. So you're less I beholden mean, to something because you didn't take the loan. You didn't, you're not in debt. You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm renting a flat or whatever. And if, you know, shit goes, uh, shit goes up for me, uh, one way or another, I can just pack up and move elsewhere where women want to be a little bit more well-established and want to have all these toys, uh, provided well, people, to them. People don't. Well, maybe they do, but one of the reasons for the, the 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 pay gap is that men are more likely to move city, move country, because women normally want to be around their family. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend that he wanted to go to Australia to work, and guess what? They're living about two houses down from her parents, so they want to be. Basically, what I'm saying is that they're less likely to venture out and to earn that extra cash by venturing out i mean guys don't just travel to different cities and countries just for fun i mean maybe they do but as far as career goes they do that to advance their career or to have a career change that might have you know a better future well that's one reason why i moved to southeast asia for four and a half years was more or less to find a better work opportunity get some better job experience and i did eventually get that and i'm quite grateful for that opportunity uh the whole uh you know being with women of Southeast Asia, that was more of, more or less of a dividend. That was kind of like a bonus, a bit of a perk moving to a country like that. And, and I learned quite a bit about the opposite sex. And that's how I kind of fell into this whole uh, this whole manosphere doing these MGTOW chats. Uh, but it, yeah, 100%, man, I kind of wanted to find greener pastures. And you see a developing country, they, you know, they obviously need some type of a person with a good work ethic and some skills where, uh, you know, a country like Indonesia or the Philippines, they obviously lack those type of things. But you're starting to see, um, I, I noticed a lot more Western women showing up in these kind of these impoverished nations. And they're not there per se to better themselves. They're there for just saying that they're there, being there. I'm doing a selfie with a with a poor kid. I'm helping. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're they're back in Starbucks, you know, uploading their photos to their Facebook and shit. So I don't see uh, women getting the the same type of thrill out of it, thrill out of it as as guys would. You know, it, the other thing is, is I was listening to a, a couple other um, uh, channels. Uh, who the fuck was I listening to? This guy called Tramp Stamp, 
And he was making a point that there's no place really for guys to go that have some type of um, that are the guys that are not thrill seekers. Uh, if you're a thrill seeker, there's you're kind of well regulated and confined to this sterilized environment that we have in the West. So, you know, guys will just tune out and play video games or do drugs. Uh, so I kind of feel bad for guys who are a little bit more eccentric, who look for that thrill doing something kind of kind of crazy and wild, you know. Well, sometimes they used to just tell those people to go and uh, join the army, right? <laughs> well, there's I women mean, in well, that now too, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that that used to be somewhat of an outlet. If you wanted to be a bit of a, you know, loose yeah. loose cannon, you just mm-hmm. go go send them out into the army and then they get to, you know, sh- you know practice. Shooting, all the, right? Yeah, yeah, shooting and whatever Age else. More, you know? right? Yeah. You know, like... Uh, you know, when, uh, how did Spain conquer South America? And everyone ever really think about that for a second? The conquistadors, they just dumped the excess amount of men. It's like, yo, go, go to that, that foreign land and figure it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but again, unfortunately, there's not many, uh, many places for guys to, to go. They don't really have those outlets anymore. Even if you wanted to go fishing or, or, uh, uh moto, moto bike crossing or, or, I forgot my friend from Australia used to do it cross racing, you know, taking dirt bikes out into the prairies or whatever. You really can't do that anymore because we're so well regulated and well confined in in many regards. I did see a comment. I can't relate now because I haven't been in ages, but they were saying one of the best places if you want to go to a, like a place that will have a lot of guys in it would be like a pool hall, you know, pool Mm -hmm. or snooker or whatever. And, you know, maybe that is true, but, I mean, I don't know if that's like, like you said, you're saying, talking about thrill seeking, but as far as like maybe, you know, seeing if you can uh, meet some new male friends or whatever, maybe like a pool, pool hall could be a, an option, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's meetup groups. We have these things called meetups, but uh, due to COVID, uh, we're kind of, again, oh, yeah. being, I mean, everything's kind of blown out the all these type of ideas on, on male camaraderie uh, where we're kind of getting forced into these echo chambers online <laughs> and we're getting doxxed or, or getting our, our channels deleted. I've, as I told you, uh, my channel was deleted after almost 5,000 subscribers and it's kind of hard starting all over again. And I'm grateful for you coming on. I, I really greatly appreciate that. Uh, like I said, we, we, we was Kings at one point. We were Kings, <laughs> but, but it's, it's only a matter of time before my secondary YouTube channel gets taken down. And it's unfortunate because it seems that, you know, guys don't get to have that type of outlet where we can be men. I was just watching yeah. the NFL playoffs uh, with my my mom and my brother. My my mom hasn't watched a sport game in God knows how many years, and she started pointing out like, "Why are there women on the sidelines? Why? <laughs> what are they doing there?" And my brother just starts laughing. He goes, "Welcome, welcome to the new world." And my brother was saying that, "Hey, look, you know, guys would play sports to get away from women. You would join the army to get away from women." Or, or be yeah. gay <laughs> to a lesser extent. So it, it's kind of a, it's quite a hard, it's kind of hard for guys to get together and share some type of um, camaraderie uh, on that level. It's it's interesting because I've I've got people would say to me because I would talk some uh, you know some Red Bull stuff with some of my uh, mates here in New Zealand and they'll say oh you were in a bit of an echo chamber and I don't totally check them on this and I just think to myself it is very ironic. 
for for people that are on Reddit or wherever else to tell me about an echo chamber. You know, these people have an entire platform that is echo chamber. I find one little slither, one little slither on YouTube, and I'm in the echo chamber. Yeah, uh, it's just they don't well, what, get it. Would, they don't what see. What would they it. be listening to exactly? Sports. I mean, I, I, uh, the the average guy seems to be uh, more into just video games and um, and uh, you know and games, sports balls, memes, sort of like political memes. Unfortunately, so, so they sometimes send me some memes, and it's some like this is off Reddit. See, I'm not on Reddit. No, me neither. And it, it's like some like Trump memes, like oh, you know, something about like Mario's upset because. Uh, Trump's been impeached twice or, you know, these kind of you know, cringe jokes. And I don't know, I just find it funny that they, they call, they, they don't see they're in the echo chamber. chamber. They don't see that they're in like a crazy echo chamber. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of nothing in their echo chamber where I think at least uh, guys like us, it's not really, it, it's more, um, more learning base, I want to say. It's entertainment, no doubt about it, but I tend to always learn something new uh, listening to guys that I follow. Like, and I was like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. I always try to learn something new every day. And this this one guy named Lionel Nation makes a good point. He says, is there anything you know now that you wish you didn't? You know, yeah. like, if you, just think about that. Is is there something that you know that you wish you didn't know? Of course not. You're always looking to know more and more and more things, and that tends to be a bit of a. Some people a, would answer. Some people would answer yes to that. They'd say, "Oh, I wish I didn't know this." I think we we underestimate truly how many ciphers there are on this planet that wish they could just forget stuff that would just you know plug me back in, give me some more Game of Thrones and Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, that's what it comes down to. There's no. Uh, there's no dozers. There's none of the other characters looking to try and help out Neo. It's Neo's all by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Neo has to fight off like ten ciphers. This and Agent Smith's always been there the whole time. But I know a lot of people. They they're okay with Biden getting back in because they want it to like the people in the middle. They want it to die down. Yeah, they they notice what the, the you know the struggle going on. But what they don't realize is that if you just allow the machine to get its way, do you think they're going to stop? I mean, you're you're allowing them to get their way, and it's you're doing much it just like, because it's much you like don't women's like the conversation. Huh? It's a lot like uh, women's hypergamy, where guys are just not saying, "Okay, that's enough." Drag time story hour is a bad idea. <laughs> it's like that's that's where we kind of draw the line. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, and you know, it's it's so hard for men to kind of push back on these type of things because you're dealing with a a woman who is quite irrational in her in her ways, despite what? her being well educated. Well, I have a PhD, and, 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 and I'm like, well, listen, those are wonderful things, but can we agree that a man dressed up as a woman uh, reading to to three year olds is probably not a really good idea? The thing and, is, and, though, yeah. Obviously, there's a problem with the ladies, but a, bi- a big problem is coming from these effeminate men that didn't have fathers and stuff because I'll, I will tell them straight up. I'll be like, man, I'm not a fan of this uh, drag queen story hour. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, I don't believe that that happens. I'll t- tell them about all this deplatforming. And then they'll say, well, I don't believe platforming happens. And I just say to them straight up, I'm like, well, of course not, because you're not looking for it. Right. I mean, how are you going to know if deplatforming happens if you're on just looking at Reddit memes? I mean, <laughs> so 
Because people will say, oh, show me the proof. And I say to them, I'm like, well, you're not looking for truth. Why would I show the proof to someone that's not looking? Because I could show you proof and it won't matter. You'll just say, ah, oh, whatever. That's not from the Washington Post. You know, like, right. They'll, they'll want proof from their sources. And do you think their sources are, are going to be showing proof? Well, no. you just point out, well, Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos. So I'm not going to listen to Washington Post. Can you give me something else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think no, but, a lot of people want uh, things to go back to normal, and they find that Biden will lead them the way to things going back to normal. And I, I kind of point out, I go, listen, we've been wearing these face masks for almost a year. And I remember back in March, uh, in April, the uh, the government, CDC, and various agencies saying, oh, just two weeks. It'll go back to normal. It'll be okay. Two weeks. Flatten the curve, right? Remember, that was the, the motto, flatten the curve, and then it turned into, oh, we're going to remove it entirely. And you're thinking, what? I thought we did the two weeks in order to not um, crowd up the hospitals. But now you're saying, oh, we need to do it. We need to get rid of it entirely now. We never see what was the point in the two weeks flatten the curve. Well, it was just to open the door, quite frankly. Right. It was just yeah, how do we go from how do we go from flatten the cure to find uh, flatten the curve to find the cure in a man in a span of like thirty days? Yeah, well, that's that's what happened. <laughs> exactly what happened, hundred percent. You know, and it, the the governments in the West have done a really good job papering over the economy, where you don't really see the 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 cracks just I yet. I think they've done a good job showing that they weren't the ones that created this mess. <laughs> see, all they do is just fix their own mess. And they've been doing this for centuries. <laughs> well, it's, it's so crazy because I felt for a lot of it hook, line, and sinker back in January and February. And we, we had some really cool expats that were living in China, you know, giving us some data and some really good references on what's what was happening. And do you remember, like, the videos out of China of, like, people just dropping dead out of nowhere on the streets? None of that ever happened in America where people just started just dropping like flies out of nowhere walking walking. I don't little, believe uh, I don't believe anything that comes out of china <laughs> because it is handpicked whatever comes out of china that's like, true i mean it's like saying do you believe stuff that comes out of north korea it's like no do you believe in <laughs> santa claus <laughs> it's it's weird you know that i've i felt for a lot of those videos of those people just dropping dead you have those videos of people in high rises you know screaming into the night uh, howling off their balconies i'm like holy shit this is some this is some fucking luciferian uh shit going on in china and uh lo and behold it, it obviously made its way into um into western nations and uh guess what no one was dropping dead like that you know <laughs> it's it's so weird because you know it makes you really wonder how much is china uh, you know, uh, working, uh, working in the backgrounds, being the puppet master. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, I, I do think they are. Uh, and you can see what's happened in Australia. I mean, Australia's been no, heavily influenced uh, by yeah. uh, Chinese politics. I mean, I think most of the beef out of Australia is uh, goes to China. Uh, they, well, a lot of our beef, a lot of our beef goes to China as well. When we 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 had a massive month of just cheap meat because. They had to unfreeze a bunch of meat that was going to get shipped out to China and have to had to sell it to us. So, mm -hmm. you know, then you the, if you think about this, you start we started using Zoom. Zoom is based out of China, and again TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I didn't out of realize China. that Zoom was based out of China because 
obviously Zoom got a massive boost because all these businesses and stuff used it. And then, you know, people are even on TikTok, I saw, you know, 30 Zoom, you know, people doing Zoom call streams via TikTok as well. So, you know, that's a double up, isn't it? <laughs> Zoom on TikTok, but yeah, it's crazy. So it makes you wonder, like, when, going back to the little TikTok thing, if it's based out of China and it obviously plays on people's attention attention deficits and the whole uh, vanity aspect of things on, on women's bodies where guys just look at these young hot chicks, you know, twerking and fucking flexing. And, and, and they even know, say, quickly, they even say on the algorithm that it boosts, you know, good-looking people. So you're going to be more likely to see just just the good-looking ones, you know. So the algorithm even discriminates on uh, on the looks on TikTok, which is why you'll, I mean, fair enough, like the, the good-looking people go to the top sort of naturally anyway. But if you have the algorithm boosting that on top of it, you're going to really see a like a 95-5 rule on TikTok. Yeah, I did hear something about that, that how TikTok, it's not even like the 80-20 rule. It's like the 95-5 yeah. rule or some shit. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, I, because I don't that really kind of happens anyway, and then the algorithm's pushing it on top of it. Right, and then the question is, who's pushing these algorithms? You know, it's Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, Match, and Plenty of Fish are all owned by Match Group. It's a conglomerate. It's an international business model, and yeah. I don't think it's really in. Uh, it's really in the um, business that they say they're in, which is uh, getting people to to meet up. I truly don't believe that. I think it's more about getting guys to pay for a subscription, pay for super yeah. likes, uh, and pay for these uh, these apps that are supposed to be free. And, then, and from what I understand, uh, there's a great um, map on on what locations use these uh, dating apps more than others. And then it breaks down even further on what's the ratio of guys using it versus women. And it's just predominantly men across the board using these, these, um, these, um, dating apps. And well, they say I, it's like a nine to one ratio. That's the ratio that they say. Yeah, that's insane. And then for the, for the one, for the woman, it's half of them are either bots and if you break that down even further, a lot of these women just say, follow me on Instagram. Well, that's what got them in trouble in the end was the bots because they would have these messages, right? And you'd have, and you click on it and be someone match review, someone message you, but it would cost money to, to get the premium, right? To, to, to unlock it. Right. And that's where they got in trouble was that people were getting the premium because they had these matches, because they had these messages and then they it were bots. Right. So that, that's what really even someone there. Yeah, so people were like, "Oh, oh, I've got these three extra matches that I can't talk to. I'll buy the, I'll buy the subscription, or I'll buy the month, or whatever." And then they find out that they were just bots anyway, and then they they're not very happy because they wouldn't have bought the subscription if they knew they were bots. But the reason why they bought the subscription because they thought, "Hey, there's three new targets that I that I've that that said yes to me." It. it- I, I talk to Steve Hawker quite often. He, he's a, a guest that's been coming on the last few months. And uh, I tend to agree with him in his in his analysis that uh, women are just generally not interested in dating. And they kind of pick and choose if they want to date where they kind of – he calls it um, uh, dating limbo where, oh, you know, I'll date this guy for a few months, two or three months, and then I'll I'll leave him. Thank you, next, as the – uh, Andre Grande song uh, goes, and yeah. they don't really take it 
they don't take dating seriously. They don't take uh, finding a, a stable, stable relationship uh, seriously at all until they they start hitting that wall uh, in their late twenties well, and early thirties. It just goes to that. It goes to that cliche song, you know, girls just want to have fun. <laughs> but that's that's the truth. And then once the fun stops, that's when the introspection finally happens, right? Because that's the the wall, right? The wall is parties starting to die down, and that's why they've they've. They actually have to think now because they used to get a hundred messages. Now they only get five, mm-hmm. and now they think, "Man, maybe it's time to settle down." And <laughs> unfortunately, you've you've made it so much harder on yourself. Um, can, can you just give me like about thirty seconds? I just got to go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, sure. No worries, go. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Good chat with Casual Bachelor. This is our first time uh, talking, having a good time with this uh, this bloke, you fucking Kiwi. You don't know anything about council rights, Mike. I like to visit Australia. I don't know about New Zealand. Only thing I know about New Zealand is uh, Lord of the Rings was shot there, and there's some crazy prime minister. <clears throat> Yeah, the whole the whole social media thing, guys. Due to COVID, we're being nudged further and further into using these uh, dating apps, and there seems to be no other decent apps on the horizon. I had an older gentleman tell me that if you use like Match dot com or eHarmony and you pay a higher premium, you're you're more likely to find a a woman that is more serious about getting to know getting to know you or, or settling down, but I haven't, I haven't gone down that path just yet. Oh, what was that? No, no, I was just stating. I had a, I had an older gentleman tell me if, if you use more expensive, uh, uh, match, uh, matching websites, you would have a better chance at finding, uh, someone. And I, I, I do believe that, that well, what's the other not, one that's kind of popular? Is it like seeking arrangements? Eh? I think that's more like the uh, the um, whole sugar daddy thing. Yeah, yeah. And but that's, to, that, that yeah. is the higher end stuff really is is that. You, I think that's like 50 bucks a month or some crazy number. Yeah. And you also you have to realize that the seeking arrangement, arrangement website, I think those are just straight up prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. Surprised. I mean, but the thing is, in, in, in New Zealand, for example, that's all legal here. You know, we've got brothels, all that stuff. So yeah, I did I, not know that. I, that is quite mind blowing. Did not yeah. know that. Thank you well, for that. Info. Well, we'll look at it here. America, you've got states that have marijuana legal, right? Mm-hmm. And we just had a reformation here and we couldn't even get that passed. But we've had prostitution legal here for like eight years now. <laughs> so is it unionized like how does that situation work um i think they just made it so you had to you couldn't be in residential areas and what do they charge um i, I haven't been but i don't I know. reckon like, it's a lot of fucking money no nah, it's pretty i think you can you know because you've got options of 15 minutes 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour <laughs> so i think you can get like I don't know, like maybe 60 bucks American for like 15 minutes or something. Right. 
If you just want right. to just go and hit. bang them and clang them. I hope they're not huh? aborigines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're not abos. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, that's Australia. But I'll be honest. There was one time when I was in Christchurch where that's in the South Island. Um, that's apparently they've got the most brothels per capita in that area. And, and one mate went up there and he got with the, the hot one and everyone else was just trash. So it's really like, you kind of have to make sure that you pick out the only <laughs> half decent one that's there sort of thing. Well, that's the same thing going back to the whole Southeast Asia aspect. Uh, it, you'll have like a bunch of single moms, like there'll be like, 19 single moms and just one hot 19 year old who's just who's off the boat doesn't yeah. speak a lick of english doesn't know what she's doing she's a dead fish in bed she's you know you're like dragging her out of your fucking apartment uh like at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon the following day so you know it's kind of funny because like when i went to thailand i was like walking around patia and i'm like these women are not attractive, man. I'm not impressed with the stock. You know, you hear all these older, older fucking guys saying how glorious it is, and you know, you know, they get they get lost in the sauce. And I think a lot of older guys get like these kind of like these old man beer goggles on, where just anything that's younger than them is automatically hot. <laughs> that's yeah. that's definitely something I I learned with the, uh, you know, boomers. You know, traveling abroad looking for um looking for some for some snatch <laughs> well there's plenty of you know i saw that in the philippines all the time man you know the older guy with with one on each arm you know one 19 year old on each arm sort of thing so you know. yeah i i uh I, you know i tried telling a lot of these guys that were looking to um move abroad and travel abroad that it the there's not so much greener pastures as one would like to think. And you, again, you're in a foreign country, so you, you're not really having that social safety net. You're not really around your friends or family. And the longer you stay there, the longer you, the, the longer you stay in that country, the country you come from is moving on without you. So it's kind of like a time capsule kind of a thing. So like for, for me, it was like from 2012 to 2017 uh, living in um, – in Cambodia. And then when I came back to the United States, the biggest uh, thing that I had noticed that had changed is the way of communicating with the opposite sex, where now it's all in the realm of social media. 2009, 2010, you could still go out, meet someone, text them, but they would never really redirect you to Facebook or or Instagram or anything like that. So now it seems to be... Well, well, that used to be a thing was just mobile texting, right? Yeah. I don't really know how big of a thing that is nowadays because people just use their different social medias to talk to each other. I mean, I don't even put credit on my cell phone anymore because I, I have Wi-Fi at work, Wi-Fi at my friend's house, Wi-Fi at home. So mm-hmm. I don't even bother <laughs> putting money on my account because I can just use, use you know, I can just communicate via Wi-Fi. Right. You use like uh, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and things like that. Viber. I like Viber a lot. Yeah, so I even save money on my phone bill because I don't have a phone bill anymore. So, well, it, the the um, it just seems that like um, well, not that it seems it's, just, it's knowing again that women just don't really put their best foot forward on finding a suitable match for themselves. It, it seems that they they expect that the guy Prince Charming, the Chad, is literally gonna fall into their bedroom. <laughs> like, 
Like, I, well, I not used, only that, yeah. not only that, they expect Chad to wait around until thirty. <laughs> That's what they expect. They expect the Prince Charming to wait around and get the leftovers. So they they. That's why they get kind of pissed off later on in life because what they were told by their mothers, their sisters, their aunts, it's all bull crap. Yes. It's all just uh, have your cake and eat it too. And, it's um, Disney. They were promised Disney. Yeah. Well, yeah. My, my father blames Disney for a lot of the things uh, when it comes to women's um, narcissism. Well, the, and, and well the princess mentality does come from Disney, plain and simple, right? Yeah, you're right. Good point, man. Never thought of it like that. I, I always blamed it on England. No offense. A lot of the whole uh, Sir Lancelot Shakespeare fucking bullshit. But that's just like like the monarchy and stuff. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, they, they they're obsessed with like uh my my first girlfriend was obsessed with Marie Antoinette. I'm like, that's a really bad idol. That is not a good person to really be uh, obsessed over and 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 uh, you know start to research historically as someone that was cool. She was not a good person. She got her head chopped off for fuck's sakes. Like you, you know, the whole idea of Marie Antoinette is that the whole country is in a state of fucking anarchy and she's being a thought. Yeah. <laughs> right, and you're 100 percent correct with your analysis regarding the whole Disney. I I quote perpetual Disney dreams, infinite summer, where she's got to live a permanent uh, vacation lifestyle, and a lot of the a lot of these cities and these downtown neighborhoods uh, foster those ideas. So if you look at, I don't know what the situation is like in New Zealand, but it kind of ties in with the whole sustainable development agenda 21. Uh, where the downtown is is like a permanent vacation. You can have brunch Saturday and Sunday, go out drinking, and then go uh, live above that location that you love to go uh, and frequent at for drinks and partying. So, yeah. and and that's really not geared for single guys. No. A lot of these these locations, the cities are geared for sexy young women and gay dudes for the for that matter. In New York City, for example. It was always really cool to go out drinking and partying, and then maybe the last 10 years or so, you started seeing this rise of the LGBT uh, culture centers, these little uh, districts where now you see pride flags everywhere, and all the young women flock to these locations because gay guys like to party uh, you know, 24, <laughs> 24 hours, yeah. where you know, someone like me, well, I got to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, me dropping $150 on drinks and, and you know, a uh, 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 overpriced meal where I'm still going to be hungry a few hours later. That's really not appealing every single fucking weekend because I got to save my money for down payment on a house, new car, things like that on, on uh, unplanned expenses. Again, women don't have to worry about those things because there's a permanent safety net. Either that's the sugar daddy or her own parents. Yeah. But even that's that that has an expiry though. Do you think the sugar daddy's going to be paying for meals for forty year olds? I mean, well, maybe you're lucky. Here's the thing with sugar daddies, and I learned a little bit about this while living in Southeast Asia. If a guy is 50, 55, 60, and he's gone through the ringer with women, divorced, has kids, kids may hate him because uh, uh, the child's mother has talked mad shit about the father. And now they're banging this 20-something-year-old who only cares about that dude's money. 
that guy is going to treat them like what like a whore. They're not really going to care about that 20-something-year-old because in the back of his mind, he's gone through the ringer and he's he's looking at this young girl as like, wow, you know, you're just a monster, really. You could give a flying fuck about my feelings, what it is I want. Uh, you know, here's your money and, you know, beat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? I mean, you have to realize that the boomers still were, were raised in a manner that was much more traditional. So here they are in their 50s, 60s, even 70s for that matter, uh, banging girls that are 20s in their 20s, which was alien to them when they were our age. And they're looking at these young women as just uh, religious prostitutes. And that's really what they are. There's no such thing as uh, there's no such thing as soft prostitution. A lot of websites promote this idea, Cosmopolitan magazine and and, and movies, so, not social media, but movies and TV series promote this idea of this Audrey Hepburn, Tiffany, Breakfast at Tiffany's um, uh, make-believe. Like it's not real. Like that guy that you're sleeping with does not respect you because of what you're doing for a living, which is why it's frowned upon in like 95% of the globe. Yeah. So we kind of forget, we kind of forget uh, uh, men's needs and wants. We forget well, it's that, that men... It's not that we forget, it's that no one gives a crap. No, no, no one's one asking, no one wants to ask because <laughs> we are just the... Um, we're not the main actor or actress. We're just a side character, but we're expected to pay for everything. So I don't know. That's why you just see guys are able to weigh up, you know, the risk and reward, the benefit, the, the cost benefit analysis, which is what people have talked about. And they just say, why am I getting involved in this? That's the big question. Like, why? What am I truly getting out of this? Because the marriage vows don't mean anything. Like literally, mm -hmm. people are making and breaking them like nobody's business. They're they're not even keeping the the uh, marriage vows that they're supposed to. I mean, w when I was younger, I had this naive thought when I used to see um, married men because I was brought up, you know, uh, Christian in the church and stuff. So I, I'd, I'd hear about married men, you know, committing adultery, and my my young naive mind would think. Man, why are they doing that? They, they could just hook up with their wife at home, you know. Why right. would they? Why would they go outside their marriage? They've they've got you know a piece of, a piece of meat at home, but now you you realize how many of these marriages are in dead bedrooms, are in you know haven't haven't well, she's built fat. maybe once a she's month. She's disgusting. I mean, w women women uh, tend to let themselves go uh, after marriage. That, I know, that, but even then, yeah. even then, if 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 the um, if it's on the table, a guy will still probably take it. But I mean, that does play into effect if they've really, you know, let go and are disgusting. But a lot of the times, you know, I, I, it's, it's that Tom Likas phrase where it's like, if you keep coming home every day and there's no food in the fridge, are you going to be surprised when he goes to McDonald's or Burger King? Now, the food in the fridge is an analogy for, you know, getting some uh, some bedroom action. But mm -hmm. do you blame someone if there's if you constantly come home and the fridge is empty, that they're going to just go to Burger King one night. They're just going to go to McDonald's one night. Well, that, that brings up something where is if they do legalize prostitution, would that in effect strong arm women into taking better care of themselves? What do you reckon? Well, <laughs> sometimes I, 
Well, I, I think that that would play a part into it because it would potentially um, play into their competition anxiety. Yes. Because that's, that's why they they let themselves go when you move in. Even before you get married, if you cohabitate, you're probably going to get less action because they know where you're coming home every night. Mm-hmm. They're not even thinking that you're going to go somewhere else. Like if you're just dating and living in separate houses, they don't know if you're always sleeping in your house every night. They don't know if someone else is coming over to your place and whatnot. But so, yeah, yeah they have, a, they have, a, they have a, an eye on you at all times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've floated that idea um, in the past where if they did, in fact, legalize prostitution in the United States, uh, would that kind of re, you know, rebalance the the equilibrium that we're, we're living through where it's just totally all in favor towards, uh, towards women? And I would tend to believe that would and more of a reason why they will not legalize prostitution. They'd rather keep the cards to themselves. They'd rather keep this this pent up anxiety, keeping men off balance, and and having them be somewhat of a fucking uh, wage slave. <laughs> wow, that's always the plan is to make us wage slaves. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 we're gonna wind up dying dying in a civil war, whichever comes first. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's the other thing. I just don't see what uh, Western Western women don't really see how bad the situation is economically, politically. Um, they, 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 again, they, they tend to block, block a lot of the <clears throat> negative aspects of life out. Like, again, they, they think they're immortal. They're omnipresent, omnipotent. They, they, they become little goddesses unto themselves. You know, it's a, a, and, and it seems that there's this tantalizing cuckoldry where, um, my pussy that, uh, my pussy, this, my pussy that, uh, buy me something good. I'm a goddess. Uh, I'm going to meet to you though, if you come closer to me or, or try speaking to me. So there's like this kind of this schizophrenia that we see, uh, because of, um, because mostly because of social media and mass media with music and television where women are portraying themselves in this hypersexual manner uh, that, you know, they're, they're screwing this guy, screwing that guy. Yeah, my genitalia is the best. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you can look, but you better not touch. So it kind of like a lot of these young guys. Well, it's don't all really just attention, know. right? They're just trying to garner as much attention as they want. And if they get Chad's attention, then, then he can get the, the full uh, cojona. But... I don't know. They, they they really just like the attention. And sometimes, and you see it on YouTube too, sometimes they even like negative attention. You know, they don't put out these hit pieces because they know it's going to garner positive attention. They'll they'll take any kind of attention because now they can become the victim and then make another video on the bad comments. You know, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, there's a bumper, t- a bumper sticker I've been seeing around my neighborhood is, um, my dog licked me and I liked it. <laughs> well you saw that you saw that in england on a televised show they married a woman to their dog yes i did see that you're right man i forgot all that about is, that that is crazy because if you're willing to get married to your dog <laughs> I mean, we don't even need to go down that road <laughs> you know because well, now you've even middle, got the, the now you can even say well we're married well, Someone you, well, comes in and you're doing something crazy. Oh well, we got married first. <laughs> it was it, I had the dog's consent. You never, never forget. Uh, bestiality means never, never to having say you're sorry. 
and I do think they're gonna they're gonna try legalizing that. Uh, I I think it's legalized in, in a handful of fucking despotic shithole countries. Uh, in Cambodia, like I knew that was legalized yeah. in Canada, but I have that chick. I, Denmark, I think Denmark it's legalized. In Cambodia, it's it's legal, and um, through the grapevine uh, uh, from the expat community is that they were on the outskirts of Phnom Penh. There was this this uh, tribe of Western women that lived in this uh, gated compound where they had all these assorted animals, and they screwed them. So I just checked that up now, and it said fact check back in 2018. No, Canada did not legalize it. And then it says in 2019, all all acts with animals now illegal. So I don't even know what was. It's it's. I've heard it's legal. Now they're trying to say it's not. But. Well, they're definitely going to legalize it, given given the direction we're going in. <laughs> a funny thing is, is that as I was about to sit, tell you, is that I'm in the middle of writing um. Uh, an article about um, women obsession with uh, dogs and uh, once in a while I would obviously run through the Google search certain keywords to try to get some information some references and some statistics on uh, women engaging in uh, zoophilia and now uh, if you type in the word bestiality to Google uh, bestiality porn comes up which was not something that would pop up uh a year ago so it's if google's now uh, changing its algorithm uh, algorithms around where if you were to type in the word bestiality and that pornography were to pop up which is illegal mind you uh <laughs> we're, we're obviously going down some type of slippery slope that we're never going to pull ourselves out of yeah it does talk about that about the zoophilic um <laughs> stuff but it looks like there's like a, maybe three states in America where it might be legal. Yeah, probably like Alabama. <laughs> some some horrible. No, probably Alabama. You probably get stoned to death. <laughs> I'm not sure which which states it is. It's got like these two square states. So you've got California, then a state, then a state, and then you've got a blue state above it, and then a blue state below it. Yeah, it'll be like Oregon, uh, Washington, and Nevada, Utah. Maybe it's Nevada. Oh, oh, again, I'm, that's where Vegas is. I don't think it'll be Utah. Utah, Nevada, no. Right. I hope not. <laughs> well, do you, now in New Zealand, do you see a lot of women with dogs? Is that a is that a popular trend that you have noticed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you that's do, just that they're, they're replacing children with dogs, right? Oh, 100%. Of uh, uh, Side note, North Korea's banned uh, women from owning dogs, and so has Iran. Yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah, they, they, they call it a vulgar Western culture. Iran calls it that, and the uh, Kim Jong-un says it's a decadent Western bourgeois, uh, uh, you know, bullshit or whatever something something to that effect i'm, I'm paraphrasing but those countries have uh, really reined it in because i i would safely assume that they see some type of um bad uh societal decay where women are projecting onto doggies as as if they're uh, babies and children and yeah. mind you that the dog has now replaced the husband as you know the, the guard of the house he's protecting me and I, I I don't even waste my time with women with um with dogs, especially more than ones that have more, especially women that have more than one dog. 
I was speaking with one girl I found really attractive and uh, I got her number and I, you know, I started texting her and shit and she just came off as very aloof and, uh, and cold and uh, off the cuff, I asked her, uh, do you have dogs? And she sends me a photo of these <laughs> two monster pit bulls. And yeah. I was, I was like, well, which one's the husband and which one's your son? Did you christen the? Did you christen your son yet? And she obviously went berserk on me. But prior to me even asking her, asking her if she had dogs or not, she right off the bat she's going into defensive mode as and saying that, listen, I've been through a lot in my life. Okay, I'm like. You're 28. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? I, like, I hear people say that. I've been through you. a lot. I've had a rough I've been day. A lot. Like, <laughs> welcome to planet Earth. I mean, do you think you're special? I mean, everyone deals with crap. Yeah. I know. It's hilarious. Like, what could you have gone through where you're just so traumatized that you're just automatically being super defensive on a guy who, who finds you attractive? You know? Yeah. It's it's funny. You want to talk being traumatized? My 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 Cambodian ex girlfriend watched her uncle get blown up by a landmine in front of her face. Can we talk about traumatized? Yet she she's not going around telling people I'm traumatized. I've been through a lot. The, you know, women of Asia seem to be much more stoic when it comes to uh, traumatizing events, and they they tend to realize, hey, that's that's part of life. You know it. And I don't want to go on a tangent here, but it seems that uh, a lot of people in Western countries forgot what an external threat was. They don't really understand what uh, being traumatized really truly means. You know, the the whole thing is, uh, oh, I've been raped. Okay, well, slow down. Let's slow down. What do you mean by raped? Did he look at you for more than 15 seconds, which is against the law in Australia? Is that what you consider rape? Or were you, you know, punch, you know, punched in the face, knocked out cold, and a bunch of guys took advantage of you because of you know some unfortunate event? So, you know, not to um, not to play down uh, rapes or anything like that, but it seems that we've gotten so far away from what the true definitions on what being a victim, being traumatized, PTSD, which is another yeah. word that gets thrown around quite often. Uh, PTSD is is more about <laughs> someone that served in combat and watched his boys get blown up. You know that's PTSD. Uh, you being in a car crash when you were nineteen because you were smoking a blunt and your your buddy was drunk driving around at three a.m. That's not really trauma. That's called being young and stupid. So yeah. Well, it's just the whole thing is I'm a victim. I'm not accountable for my problems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got really drunk and it's like, well, did someone funnel that alcohol down your throat or did you voluntarily <laughs> drink it? I mean, people, you know, it's it sounds cliche, but actions have consequences. That's as simple as you can put it. I mean, if you want to play those games, if you want to drink 12, 12 uh, beers and, you know, you're not and you're five foot two, 110 pounds, you're going to get pretty uh, wasted. And, yep. <laughs> you know. You're going to do things you're going to regret. You can't blame that on someone else. These were those uh, states. Uh, like, so are these states in that area that I was talking about? Because Nevada was one of them, but it says like Nevada, uh, New Hampshire, New Mexico. Maybe it was New Mexico. Yeah. Ohio, Texas, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. And then it did talk about in Alabama. They tried to outlaw it, and then the, the governor vetoed it in 2014. <laughs> 
yeah. That's funny. Yeah, dude, that's that's hilarious. I didn't know it was that. Um, it was uh, legal. Uh, it was legal in in uh, some of those states. Alabama. Well, well, sometimes in these countries that because it, it talks about it in Germany how they've got these uh these bestiality brothels. So, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you: Is um is gambling uh legal in New Zealand? Uh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I know it's legal in Australia. It's not that legal here in the U.S. just yet. You have to be. That. You have to be twenty though, twenty or twenty-one. So some like in New Zealand, for example, you can drink alcohol at eighteen. So a lot of people think that oh, I'm eighteen, I can go to the casino, but I think you have to be twenty, twenty to gamble. Oh, that then it's okay then that they're twenty. That's consent. They can they can you know flush their uh, their mom's and dad's credit uh, debit card down the toilet going to a casino at twenty. Well, you have to be twenty one to drink alcohol in America, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Eighteen here, yeah. So it's so it's eighteen to drink alcohol and then twenty to go gambling. Well, they're kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, but they're 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 definitely trying to uh, legalize all vices across the globe. Like, you well, know, bestiality, gambling, things like that. Well, we sometimes have people, because I think in Australia, it's 18 to gamble. So we sometimes have people come over from Australia and they get turned down when we uh, check their IDs. I mean, I don't do that anymore. I used to work at a casino. And, um, yeah, they would be surprised sometimes because in Australia, I think you can gamble at uh, 18. Yeah, I think it's in, like, bars and shit from what I understand. Like, you can go to a, a local pub and there'll be like a gambling uh, yeah, machine. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's poker machines. So if, um, even though you, to go to the casino, you have to be 20, you could probably, I think you can use the the uh, the pokies at 18. So you wow. can't go and do like blackjack and stuff at 18. Yeah, the, 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 you know, that's a serious vice. You know, it, considering how many people are unemployed right now and desperate, I do see that the government's going to be like, oh, since you're down on your luck, why don't we open a casino in your hometown and really <laughs> flush all your money down the toilet? Well, some people talk about it in America that that didn't help the um, the Native Americans, all this casino stuff. But I don't, nah, it didn't. Like, on paper, it sounds good, but obviously it's not necessarily got the best outcome for that community, does it? <laughs> no, because they're already poor, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And, and and anyone that knows anything about the casino, the house always wins. <laughs> always. It's like Thailand. You may be winning for a little while, getting lucky, banging fucking twenty-year-olds, and having a, a really sweet fucking one-bedroom and a high-rise in in Bangkok. But if you stay there long enough, the house will always win. Yeah, you know. Hey, well, listen, I, I'll let you go because it's almost two hours. I, uh. Quick question. Now, I, I'm just curious about New Zealand. What are like some fun things to do in New Zealand? Uh, do you guys go kite surfing? Is surfing really that popular? You guys go. Like, what's a fun activity to do where you live? I mean, it all just depends on the person. That that that's not really my thing. But you can do the surfing. You can go do skiing and snowboarding and stuff. Um, I know tourism went through the roof because of that stupid movie, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. People, <laughs> see, I haven't even gone to that place. I, I think it's in Morrinsville, uh, like Hobbitville. So, yeah, so there's, like, nice um, scenery, nice hikes and beaches and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, if you want to do the whole, 
like theme park stuff that's probably more in australia i mean we do have a theme park here in new zealand but australia has like five or six on that gold coast area but um well, well your country looks far more fascinating and more interesting to um to visit than australia most australians tell me i, I was i became super fascinated with australia when i met so many people from oz and i was like oh my god i want to see perth I want to see the fucking Northern Territories. And they're looking at me like a deer in headlights. He goes, why would you want to go there? Do you like Kansas? I'm like, no, I don't like Kansas. Then why would you want to visit Australia, man? (laughs) Well, I suppose like Gold Coast is nice. That's got the beaches and everything else. But um, Perth, Perth is like a place where you go to work. You know, that's where you work in the mines and stuff. So a lot of people will say that they save a lot of money in Perth because they work six days a week and then they have the one day off on Sunday and they don't really go anywhere because it's, it's all blooming a mining Well, Probably where, where they are specifically, it's just like a mining place. Cool cool story to tell you real quick. So <clears throat> one reason why the Japanese never invade, invaded Australia, they sent like a recon force of like 20 guys and they landed in the Northern Territory. They obviously, you know, um, piggybacked off of like Java and landed in the Northern Territories and they were they were there for like a month. And then they reported back to Japan and they told like the higher ups in the in the um, the government and said, uh, we are definitely not invading Australia. This place is horrible. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to figure out another way of, of invading Australia because us taking a ground war into the northern territories and like, you know, like Darwin and in those places is just definitely not happening, man. Well, when you talk about Darwin and uh, China and stuff, well, guess who bought the the harbor there, right? And guess who owns the harbor there for a hundred years? Ooh, lucky, lucky China! <laughs> so they're yeah. definitely in the pockets of Australia. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, for sure. There's some really cool books. I'll I'll forward you some cool shit when we when we hang up on the call. Uh, some cool reads. I don't know if you're into reading or whatever, but I'll definitely send you some some links to some interesting books about. China and um, their slow subversion of uh, Australia. It's so weird because when I saw all those lockdowns, like in um, Brisbane or, or Melbourne, I forgot which one it was, where they were like going to people's houses. I think it was houses. Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, in Melbourne. And like, that is some Chinese shit going on down there, man. Yeah, man. You know? The sort of population that they, the government says jump and they say how high. You know, they. They were, and uh, and eventually they started to to find out the hard way. You know, they see these pictures of these uh, police officers tackling them and stuff. But yeah, it's hard for me, knowing how, how demographics vote. It's hard for me to really have much sympathy because I know exactly, on average, maybe not her particularly, what she particularly voted, but I know that on average they voted for this. Yeah, they they voted for, you know, this very liberal government. So. Like you say, you know, you reap what you sow to some degree. Well, I, I followed the Tony Abbott. Uh, I found I found Tony uh, Tony Abbott to be quite uh, fascinating because he was the short shortest lived premier of Australia, and he really pushed back on a lot of these um, global globalization efforts. Like he cracked down um, on immigration. You know, he he revamped christmas island i think he he came up with this whole thing called border force if i if i stand corrected where he basically created this whole arm of the military that really uh border patrol border force one or the other where they really just cracked down on illegal immigration and 
when the whole climate change agenda, the Paris Peace, uh, Paris Climate Change Accord, the name slips my mind. He pulled Australia out of it, and as soon as he pulled Australia out of it, this this avalanche on how horrible Tony Abbott is, and he's a he's a demagogue, yeah. he's a xenophobe, he's a <laughs> he's a, you know he's a he's a you know a, a Nazi, and yeah. they pretty much threw his ass out, and um, then he became. Uh, like mayor of his like local town and this this NGO from America basically came into the town and just started uh, bullying him in the media uh, and he had to step down from his um his role as mayor for his, his local community so and he he was uh, quite um, outspoken about how evil these NGOs and how evil the media is and you really shouldn't be listening to any of these people so yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of at the end of the day, people are like, "Hey, give me another season of Mandalorian, right?" <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on the Disney ride one more time. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to go on Space Mountain again. Yeah, just just to, just to sum up and and circling back just the just for a moment, um, I do truly believe that the when you put forth something that is negative. People recoil in horror, like, don't tell me scary things, yeah. even though you have, you know, statistics, you have the facts, you have references, whoever it is you may tell, people just don't want to hear bad news. And yeah. I truly believe that's where we're at now is that, you know, there's nothing but bad news and people are kind of regressing, regressing mentally where they become lost with ideas like Mandalorian and Disney and video games for, for guys. And I, I think long-term that's going to really kind of, kind of come to a head. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I probably, I, I still kind of enjoy video games a bit, but maybe not as much as I used to. I used to be able to play like an open world for, you know, 30, 40 hours. Now I, you know, if it's a really good game, I might finish it. But now I might only play like five or ten hours of some games. You know, I don't have that same, like, oh, I need to, you know. But I still enjoy it. You know, I still enjoy playing the odd games and stuff. But I don't have that same enjoyment that I may have once had, you know, once upon a time. Yeah, I, I, I stopped playing video games uh, like ten years ago. I was playing Call of Duty, like smoking pot and shit. And I was like... Man, I'm not really getting much out of this, and you know, I'm, it's not really better, better, better Like myself. it can be fun for a while, right? But eventually, yeah. you kind of, you know, do you almost it's good to get it out of your system to some degree of just like, okay, I'm gonna do this, play whatever hours, and eventually you say, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe it's something, maybe I'll do something else now, but. I, I I have Steam on my PC, um, and there's there's some pretty cool games out there. They got this U-boat sim simulator, and they have like submarine simulators. I was thinking about downloading it, and uh, you know it's it's been on the back burner, and I've been toying with the idea of playing video games again because fuck man, all this crazy shit that's going on, you kind of just <laughs> want to turn tune out and and play some play some fucking mind-numbing games and i totally get that and like i said i'm thinking about playing some games going forward for the new year but especially if covid doesn't end i mean if 
Well, this weekend well, I was like, too. Oh, I like really all this go lockdown, have a good time, but there's a 9 p.m. curfew in the yeah. city I'm living in. So if I were to go out at seven o'clock, I can only how many drinks am I going to have? Is that enough time to really meet someone? And then you factor in the whole people wearing mask thing. It's just <laughs> it's total. It's so alien. It's just like I what for what purpose is this? You know, what, yeah. what am I getting out of going out to a bar and blowing money on drinks and shit? And, and and as far as, like, meeting someone while you're wearing masks, you know, you could, I don't know, it's just, you don't truly know what they look like until they potentially take the mask down. And, it, you know, you, you might have spent 20 minutes trying to make it happen, and then you see the, the full product, and you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh no. yeah. <laughs> well, you're missing how, I mean, you're missing more than half the person's face. You don't see their nose. You don't see their mouth. You don't see their cheeks. You're only seeing their eyes. And um, one of my buddy goes, uh, you know, now that everyone's wearing masks, everyone has beautiful eyes. Have you noticed how beautiful everyone's eyes are? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, take what's, the mask. What's, what's funny is that when you go circle back to the start of this conversation about all the looks maxing stuff, you know, get the, the, the chin surgery and all that. Well, what's the difference now with the mask on? <laughs> yeah, know? right. You spend thirty thousand dollars on a nose job, and no one can see your fucking nose. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Hey, listen, man. I'll I'll let you go. I really appreciate you coming on, Casual Bachelor. Let's definitely keep in touch. Uh, I do plan on having you on with Sandman in the near future. So we'll we'll uh, we'll chat a little bit. And uh, again, I really really want to thank you for coming on. That was a lot of fun. That's all good. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, all right? Stay in touch. Right. Cheers. Right. Sweet. So, bye bye, man.